All right, thank you all for coming to our Sunday Feast lecture and program in uh, wonderful Tucson. It's always wonderful to be back in Tucson. <coughs> so we're going to talk about uh, the perfection of yoga tonight. That's the subject of our talk. Oh. What is the perfection of yoga, you see? Everything we do has some uh, ultimate perfection, you see? You become advanced at whatever you do. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about what is the perfection of yoga? How do you know when you've perfected yoga? You see, what's it actually for? So uh, before I go any further, uh, let's discuss something I always like to discuss. I know you're all uh, more than, don't let me assume, uh, but I am assuming that everyone here believes in the Supreme Godhead. Is that true? Huh? If you don't, that's okay. We still like you. You have free will. Take a list of all those who love. <laughs> we'll deal with them later. So, we all believe in the Supreme Godhead. Uh, now, we have different conceptions, though. I may say like this, you may say like that. So, uh, in the material world, we always try to say, well, I'm right, you know, and that means that you're wrong. So, but let's get out of the material consciousness into spiritual consciousness. Uh, the spiritual world from which we come is a different place and it has different rules, different laws. It's a different situation. <clears throat> so, uh, many people uh, have a concept that the Supreme Godhead is the universal energy. You see? Unmanifest energy. Huh? Manifest maybe only in light, you see? So many people feel that that's, that's the way, that's right. <clears throat> so let's go with that. Let's say that there is a Supreme Godhead and the Supreme Godhead is unlimited. We can always uh, agree on that, right? Regardless of how the Godhead manifests, the Godhead is unlimited, absolute. Is that right? Anybody disagree with that? So those we can't place any limitations on God whatsoever, whatever the manifestation. We can't, God means uh, one who has everything. We cannot deny him anything. So since God has everything, the Supreme Godhead, <clears throat> limitless, uh, that Godhead must have form and personality or else it would not be complete. It has everything. It's the, the manifest and the non-manifest as well. You see, some people think I'm going to argue with them if they believe that <clears throat> God is uh, unmanifest, just the universal energy. No, He is that. He is that. Now, at this point, when I start to say He, some people once in a while say, well, how do you know God's not a woman? Well, we're talking about an unlimited creature. So, he, he is male and female. He has a female side as well. Her name is Radha, Radha Rani. She is his propensity to enjoy. And she likes to enjoy the most enjoyable object. Him. You see? All right. So, 
Uh, now that we've got that out of the way, God, have, he is unmanifest, if you so to see him in that way. He is also manifest. So, <clears throat> now let's talk about something else. Picture for a moment, if you will, that uh, someone that you care very much for, someone who's very close to you and who you really like to be with, uh, they come in, uh, they come up to you and they say, hey, look, we've got some time off over the next week or so. Let's take a trip. What do you say? Let's go someplace. What do you say? Huh? What's your reaction to that? Let's take a trip. Huh? What would you wonder? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Where? Well, that's a great idea. Where? Well, now that now we're getting down to something serious. Now we're looking for a destination. All right, so that depends on what? What do I want? Do I want to go step all night and party? Constantly sleeping only if I have to? See lots of shows and gamble, see if I can win some money? And we're maybe talking Las Vegas or someplace that has casino, you see. You may say, well, but it's been awful hot here, you know, I'd kind of like to go someplace where it's cool, snow, ski, you know, maybe we're looking for something like that, you see. Or sea, the beach, you know, I haven't had enough sun here, I want some more, you see. So in other words, you start to figure out what is it that I'm looking for, what do I want, then oh, we pick a destination based on what's available, you see. Now there may be some destinations available that you don't know about. You see, otherwise you might have choose uh, you might have chosen them. Now, <coughs> it's kind of like if you go into a restaurant and you sit down and you look uh, at the menu and you think, oh, oh, this is I've never been here before. I like this place. Uh, this this sounds good. And this. so you pick something off the menu that sounds like it's the most palatable thing for you. You think, oh, this is what I want. And then uh, the waiter brings it, and you start to eat, and you think, oh, this is very good. I like this great deal, you know? And then you look over, and the guy at the next table, he's got something that lo really looks opulent. I mean, it's just super fantastic. And you can't help but stare at his plate. You don't want to be impolite, but you're like... So you call the waiter over, and you say, hey, excuse me, I didn't see that on the menu. And the waiter says, oh, that's, that's not on the menu. You know, he knows the chef. He asked for that. Well, you know, if I'd have known that that was available, all, you know, the chef's cooking, if I'd have known that was available, I, I would have wanted that, you see. So it's important to know what is available for me to make my choice on so many things, especially destination. So, uh, and I say all this to kind of preface uh, what I'm about to say, but please don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to convince anybody to give up their faith. I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm not saying I'm right, you're wrong. I'm simply trying to show you something else that is available, you see. So since we understand that the Supreme Godhead has personality, you can say, well, I, like, I prefer the impersonal, uh, unmanifest version. That's fine, <clears throat> but he does have personality. He is a person, he's the supreme person. So uh, 
we want to let you know that that's part of the destiny or part of the destination from yoga okay that's what's available so in keeping with this um, In keeping with this thought, Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, as he's having his conversation with Krishna, starts to wonder between these two destinations, you see, uh, the impersonal and the personal concept of God, you see. So bear with me while I find out, I find where I'm going. And we're going to share that conversation because Arjuna was just was wondering just that. We're talking about a destination. What should I choose? So he had been talking with Krishna about very various things, uh, various uh, concepts of the absolute, various perceptions of God, and there's two main two main schools of thought. God is unmanifest, God is manifest. So Arjuna, after a while, I won't say the Sanskrit just for, the, uh, for time, <clears throat> save on time. Arjuna has to ask Krishna after hearing about all these, the same question you and I would wonder if we were talking with God. Okay? So Arjuna inquired, which are considered to be more perfect? Those who are always properly engaged in your devotional service are those who worship the impersonal Brahman, the unmanifested. You know, gee whiz, I've heard about. Which do you think, my dear God, which do you think are more perfect? So, let's hear Krishna's answer. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, those who fix their minds on my personal form and are always engaged in worshiping me with great and transcendental faith are considered by me to be most perfect. Okay, so Krishna gave him a straight answer, it sounds like anyway. Krishna says, I consider those who be, become my devotee and worship me personally to, me, to be more perfect. But Krishna never takes away free will. So listen to what he says as he continues. This is very interesting. Krishna says, but those who fully worship the unmanifested that which lies beyond the perception of the senses, the all-pervading, inconceivable, unchanging, fixed, and immovable, the impersonal conception of the absolute truth, by controlling the various senses and being equally disposed to everyone, such persons engaged in the welfare of all at last achieve me. You see? So Krishna says, kind of puts it back, you make the choice. I'm not going to put a sales job on you. I'm not going to do an arm-twisting thing. So then Krishna goes on. For those whose minds are attached to the unmanifested, impersonal feature of the Supreme, advancement is very troublesome. The Sanskrit word used in this verse is klesho, klesha, trouble. It doesn't mean just trouble. It means great disturbance, very, very difficult, you know. The kind of trouble you get from a tornado or a, you know, flood, tsunami, troublesome. It means, uh, you know, that's the, the English translation of that word. <clears throat> uh, Krishna says, 
the impersonal feature for those who who are attached to that impersonal uh, feature of the supreme advancement is very troublesome to make progress in that discipline is always difficult for those who are embodied all of us are embodied you see so it's difficult it's harder you see now this is very interesting krishna goes on but those who worship me giving up all their activities unto me and being devoted to me without deviation engaged in devotional service and always meditating upon me having fixed their minds upon me O Prita for them I am the swift deliverer from the ocean of birth and death you see so Krishna is basically kind of saying here uh, here's basically the two um, destinations available the paths that you can take to get to liberation you can go down the impersonal path you can go to the personal path and be my devotee my friend you see associate with it and both of them ultimately regardless of which path you, you, you choose ultimately you will achieve me if you stay fixed on that path ultimately you will achieve me but if you go this way it's great trouble it's like saying you know if you take this route the, the bridge is out up here and traffic's backed up 10 miles you see but you can take the freeway and it, it'll take you you see it's much easier so that's what Krishna is saying not only does he say that but why is it much easier he says because I will deliver you what Krishna is saying is that this material energy is very challenging it's very difficult <coughs> to control the mind and to control the senses you see it's very difficult it's easier to control the wind than to control the mind Arjuna says that to Krishna earlier in Bhagavad Gita controlling the mind is is more difficult than controlling the powerful wind you see so it to achieve the supreme liberation to achieve liberation to God via the impersonal path whereas it's possible it's very very difficult however Krishna says if you'll be my devotee be my friend think of me worship me I will deliver you in other words I'll carry you I'll take you around all the obstacles you know the bridge is out up here but I'll take you over don't worry about it so it's much easier it's much uh, uh, it, it's much more practical you see now I've, and I've done this with persons in the past we discuss uh, uh, for those who are interested in uh, uh, and again not I just want people to think okay just meditate on this because sometimes people have chosen a path and they're not sure exactly where it leads I don't know. I, I just I, know, I just know it's a great path. It's a fabulous path. It takes me somewhere. It's probably going to be good. You see, popular path. So it's going to be good. So, uh, uh, and you know, Arjuna's inquiring with Krishna. He's got. We're all having this. Uh, these uh, similar thoughts. We're all wondering what's what's available for me. Uh, and by the way, if anybody has any questions, stop me at any time, okay, with any, you know, it's not an interruption, okay, I want to hear your thoughts, 
Uh, if you want to interject some comment or question, please let me know. So, <coughs> let's say that we achieve liberation into the impersonal Brahman. In Sanskrit, the word for the impersonal Brahman, the impersonal liberation into uh, the light, as they say, or the uh, universal energy, the Sanskrit word for that is the Brahma Jyoti. You see? So let's say we achieve that liberation. So uh, I ask people from time to time, if that's where you, what you want, what do you expect when you get there? What do you get? What's your reward? What's it like? You know? And people sometimes say, well, it's uh, total peace. I feel peaceful. The Sanskrit word for that is shanti. I achieve the state of shanti. Okay, so now you're peaceful. Okay, now what? Are you just going to be peaceful? Now that you're peaceful, that opens up a lot of things because none of us are peaceful in this material world. It opens up a lot of things. Now I've, I've achieved peace. Wow, that opens a lot of gates. You see? So, but I say, what next? And many times people say, happiness. Okay, so now I'm peaceful and I'm happy. Okay, now what? Well, I feel, I feel really good. All right, you're peaceful, you're happy, and you feel good. You know, you're going to want more eventually. It's going to be great being in peace after getting out of the material world. No traffic jams, no mortgage payments, you know, no boss to listen to, no politics, no floods, no famines, you know. So here you are, and you're, you're in peace, and you're happy, and you're going to want more. So, where am I going with this? There's got to be an ultimate destination. What, what is the destination that I get to and I have no desire at all for anything else? I feel I'm here. There's nothing else that I could possibly want. Death. Huh? Death. Death? Yeah. Well, we're talking about after death. Yeah, liberation. Life after death. You see. Yeah, devotional service. Devotional service. Now, some people think, well, the devotional thing sounds pretty good, but I don't know about the service, you know. You know, because where I come from in America, I, you know, to be a servant, that's pretty low on the totem pole, you know. I mean, generally we get those from south of the Rio Grande. <laughs> but... What we're not understanding is that they have this relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the Supreme. It means he's the Supreme everything. He's the Supreme friend. He's also the Supreme lover. And we are engaged, no matter or not, realize it or not, we are engaged in a Supreme loving relationship with the Supreme. We're not so aware of it, though. He still is. We're kind of amnesiac at this point. We've left the spiritual world to come and go on this trek and take a tour of the spirit of the, the material world. You see? 
Why? Because I want to see what I can squeeze out of this material world as far as enjoyment. I wanted to come and see if I can enjoy away from him. Why would I do that? Because I can. I have free will. You see, he gives me free will. Why does he give me free will? Because oh, he's the supreme, he's the supreme romantic. If you are going to be with him in a loving relationship, he wants you to choose him. You see, you're not a prisoner. If you don't have free will, then you're a prisoner. Now, it's e easy sometimes for us to figure that, well, but there's no other choice but God. He's the supreme. He's the most wonderful. He's the most attractive. He's the most loving. He's the best protector, you see. And that's intelligent. That's true. However, he wants us to be able to explore whatever we want, you see. If we want to look for something better than him, <coughs> by all means. Yes, Bob? Why do we have these propensities to try and enjoy away from God? Why Excellent question. Excellent question. Because um, we see him uh, in his abode, and he's the center of attention, you see. And we just kind of have a little, a, 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 a moment of wondering, what would it be like if, if that was me? I mean, it's not like I'm starting a campaign against him, getting voted out of office or anything. I'm not going to do that. Just have that thought. Wow, this, he's really great, but wow, what if, that, what if that was me in the center of attention? You see? So that's ego. Exactly. And I have freedom to think like that. You need ego to survive, though. You have to go out and get Huh? I mean, you need an ego to survive. I mean, you're forced to go out and get food. Yeah, we need ego, but we don't need false ego. What is false ego? False ego is when you say, I am, and you end that sentence with anything other than the words, a surrendered servant to the supreme personality of Godhead. Because that's what we are. We are part and parcel of him. We're uh, a friend, a close associate. We always have been since eternity, you see. So when we think that we're anything else other than that, we're wrong. It's false ego, you see. I want to enjoy in so many different ways. So, yes, did you have a question? Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, You're certainly on the right track. That's very high realization. Because that's what we call unconditional love. You know, which is something that it's hard for us sometimes to understand in this material world because it's rarely, practically never found. In other words, when I love somebody, there's a string attached. You know, I may love you because you're very witty. You're fun. You see, or you may be very pretty, so you please my eyes when I look at you. You're pleasing to look at, you know. And, th and not only that, because you're so pretty, when I go out with you, 
people see you, the two of us together, they see you on my arm, they say, hey, look at that guy. Well, he must be special. He's got that pretty girl with him, see. So therefore, I love you. Or whatever. You could have money, you could have so many things. But I'll, I will, <clears throat> uh, I will uh, love you as long as I get in return what, what I need. Now, or what I'm expecting, pretty much what I'm demanding. And we see in our day-to-day -day life that when that ends, when I'm no longer getting from you what I'm thinking that I'm due, or maybe I find someone else, you know, uh, I'm sorry, it's been, it's been great, but you're not doing for me what you used to. I, I've met her, and, and, and she does for me things that you never could do, you see. So now, I'm sorry, but I don't love you anymore. <clears throat> I love her. Which one of those is true? Was it true love when I loved you? Now is it true love that I love her? You see? No, I can enjoy her differently, or at least I can perceive that I can enjoy her more than, than I enjoyed you. You've no, I no longer enjoy you, you see. So it was... Um, um, it had a string attached. You can have my love as long as I get what I want. Unconditional love means I love you. End of statement. And someone may say, oh really, why? There's no answer. I just do. Well, what do you expect in return? Nothing. Well, I don't love you. That's not part of the bargain. You don't have to. I love you. That's it, you know? Well, you know, what do you want? Well, I got what I want. I love you. you know? I'm not expecting you. You don't have to do anything. You see? Why do you love me? How could I not? I don't know. You see? It's kind of like if there's an answer to that question. Why do you love me? Then it's a little tainted. I just do. The sum total of you is lovable. You see? So... Uh, we always have to remember we're, we're not human beings looking for a spiritual experience. Sometimes we think like that. I think I'm a human being and I'm looking, searching for a spiritual experience. The fact of the matter is we're spiritual beings and we're exploring the possibility of having a human experience at this point. You see. We're, we're not these bodies. This is a temporary situation that we're in. Uh, and we'll soon move on to something else which will satisfy, or which we per will perceive will satisfy our desires. So, I guess uh, it's about time to move on. But uh, I've got something. Did, did, did I? Oh, it's right on there. Right in front of me. I've got something I want to talk about before uh, before we close. So anyway, that's the perfection of yoga. The perfection of yoga is to regain your loving uh, relationship with the Supreme Lord. And you can take whichever path you want to get there. But that's the ultimate purpose of, of uh, yoga. Bhakti yoga is the, is the, the topmost platform of yoga. Bhakti yoga is loving devotional service to God. So, <clears throat> we want to talk about uh, something new that Tucson Temple 
is um, very active in serving the community. The, the best way to serve uh, mankind is to give them knowledge. And uh, uh, the community has come up with this wonderful idea, which I am behind 100%, I think it's fabulous, to build a library. I don't know if you've all heard about it, but a new library and it's a, uh, uh, what's the technological term? Uh, uh, it's gonna have a... Media center. Media center, thank you. <laughs> I'm not really, I don't know a lot about technology. I can turn a computer on and I know how to turn it off, but <clears throat> it's a media center. So you can go there and read uh, all of Srila Prabhupada's books, various books, cookbooks will be available. Will the database be in there? Sure. The database, which is a computer program, uh, which has all of Srila Prabhupada's books, uh, it has all of his uh, recorded classes, you see. Um, you can read in you know, all of his letters, you see, songbooks. I'm talking a vast um, um, tool to use for knowledge. You see, knowledge is very, very golden. So, uh, and I'm, I'm behind this 100%. I think the total cost is going to be $12,000. Is that it? Of which we have five, five thousand dollars. So I'm asking all of you, please, if you could uh, help us in any way you can. Now, um, I'm I'm just a traveling monk. I don't have income. I don't have money. It's pretty sad, isn't it? When you get out of here. Uh, I'm a beggar. I beg for money. So, and uh, so you know, beggars usually don't have any money. But I'm I'm going to give because Krishna has given me some some help. I'm going to give my favorite president, <laughs> Uncle Ben. I'm going to give a donation. I rarely do this because I really have, can, can do. But I can. This is a chance for me to do this. I'm put it in the envelope, and I'm going to give it to. Uh, this library because I am so much behind it. I'm behind these devotees here uh, and their willingness and desire to serve the community. So if all of you please could, uh, if you can, you know, if you can't, economic times are bad, we know that. If you can't, we fully understand. But if you can, and if you'd like to help, please take your envelope and, and insert the president of your choice, you know or two, or more. You know, you can put as many presidents in there as the envelope will hold. If the envelope that we give you is too small, let us know if we have bigger ones. Okay? So, uh, if you would, please help us in this. So, I'd like to make my offering. It's rare that I get a chance to do something like that, and it, it really tastes sweet. You see. Um, when we make an offering to Krishna, sometimes we can do it in, in a couple of different ways. We can uh, make it in such a way that I know that I'll get something in return. Krishna will reward me back. And that's true, he will. You know, I'll get something back. If I give something uh, to help the Lord or the Lord's devotees, I'll get some return. Uh, higher than that though, and when we practice bhakti yoga, we do it because we like to see him smile. You see? We never feel better than when we make him feel happy. And uh, I know 
that uh, if I can give a little something to uh, to help spread this message, I know he'll be happy. I know he'll smile. So, uh, and I know I'll get something in return because he's always taking care of me. I have no doubts. So, all right. Thank you all so much. Uh, and now let's go on with the program. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.